Thank you for joining us for this podcast. I'm Conrad Chua, and today I'm really happy to be in the London office of Facebook speaking with Louise Chow. Louise works in marketing science within Facebook, and before this, she worked with Twitter's London office in various research roles. She has an MBA from the University of Cambridge Judge Business School and a bachelor's in marketing and finance from NYU. So welcome, Louise. Hi, everyone. Louise, you started your career in an advertising research company. What got you started on that career path? So I started out in a company called Muir Brown. Um, it's basically a very traditional market research agency, uh, kind of by accident, actually. So I think like 95% people in market research, it's a profession that you kind of stumble upon uh, very accidentally. Uh, my first job out of university was actually not in research. I was in PR. But I realized I actually really enjoy data and also insights about people. So um, at the same time, at that point, Ogilvy, my first job was actually part of WPP Group, which also has probably up to 100 uh, or even more research agencies within the same group. So what I did was I actually moved um, and restarted everything from zero in market research with Mill Brown and actually ended up really enjoying my experience there. I mean, Luis, everyone um, talks about the impact of digital and particularly social media on traditional advertising. So from your perspective, what's the difference in terms of working in a research agency company versus working in research, but now for a media or a tech company such as Twitter or Facebook? I think from my perspective, research agency is a great place to get a start because you do go through a very rigorous training and you do learn every aspect about market research. So everything from surveying, how to build a survey, to you know methodology and also analytical stuff. And also because most in most cases you will work with external clients. So most of my clients when I was in research was, were brands. So everything from Johnson Johnson to Unilever to um, GSK. So these were really exposure for you to understand, kind of for people to understand what happens inside organizations? What are some of the insights that are really important to them for decision making? On the other hand, on from a tech side, so my case was a bit more specific. So when I was in research, I started out in consumer insights, but I actually ended up moving to advertising research. What that means is we work with a lot of publishers, like at the time was Yahoo, that was many years ago. And then later on, uh, when I moved to Nielsen, I worked with Facebook actually. They're, a lot of their objectives are quite specific. So, for example, they want to evaluate um, effectiveness of advertising on media platforms. So on Yahoo or on website, whether it's click-throughs or whether it's looking at display ads. So it's a very different environment because you're constantly just being, you're kind of on the vendor side. So you will provide research to these companies. But a lot of times you wouldn't really see the results or how it's actually applied Whereas, so when I moved to Twitter, it was kind of cool because um, I'm now the client in the position to decide what are some of the things that I actually need to help our sales team and also help our organization uh, from a user perspective. Because we want to know what happens when people are offline. So when they're not on Twitter or Facebook, what are some of the things that they actually do? And whether or not when people see ads um, that are served on these platforms, whether or not it's making a difference to the brand's perspective or whether or not their advertising was actually effective. So I think it's just a very different change in perspective. You 
inside a publisher as a client, you have a lot more say in what you want to do, and also、um, it's more bigger variety as well. Because you might be one day I was commissioning research around,、um, for example, TV plus online. What are some of the insights that we get there? The another day we might be looking at advertising a certain campaign running on the platform. On the agency side, I think you was very much specialized in one area, whether you're advertising or you're doing consumer insights. So I think it's it's a broader exposure, but at the same time, most people that go into publisher side are experienced hires because we already come in with the experience and exposure to a lot of different research methodologies and also to brands. We know how to talk to brands, and we also understand how these brands work and what are some of their priorities. So I think one place is very good for training, and another place is very good for application、um, of that knowledge and experience that you gained. So, Louise, you you did your MBA first, and then you moved to Twitter. So, you know, talking about all that background from the research on the. Uh, research agency side. So, how did you position yourself? You know, when you made this transition to、uh, a media tech company like Twitter, because as you say, the skills and and the kind of work that you you would be doing were quite different. It is different, but at the same time, I think、um, I think I was quite lucky as well because I think pre pre MBA when I was working at agency, I had the opportunity to choose whether or not I want to be involved in. Kind of the kind of pioneering projects around digital advertising, that was something I was really interested because in, I knew, at the time, I knew I think things were going online. Whether at the time it was still very much display, not terribly exciting, but at the same time, you know, internet was exploding, and also、um, social media was starting. There wasn't. I don't remember. I don't think there was a lot of monetization on most of these platforms yet. Twitter certainly was not. Facebook was very early stage, but I knew it was something that I was interested in, so I got involved in that. And luckily, that experience really helped me to pivot post MBA.、Um, so in, during MBA, I think one of the most valuable thing for me was actually meeting a lot of people working in different kinds of companies. As somebody from my、uh, class were was working for Google, and also. For me personally, I really enjoy using Facebook at the time, and I also realized that they started monetizing, which means serving ads. And I was thinking, if they are serving ads, there must be some kind of room at some point that they will want to see whether or not the ads were effective for the brands that were spending on the platform. That's where I felt I could bring my knowledge and also my experience into. Into that company, so I was quite focused because I knew one, I want to move into the tech company. I want to leave the agency world,、um, and two, I knew there was something tangible that I could bring to to that company or that role. So I was quite focused in in my search. It was not an easy search because it actually took a few months to actually find the ideal position. But I think. I was able to leverage and also package my experience in a way that kind of speaks to what the companies actually need. It sounds a little bit generic, but I think that's actually quite an important exercise to to have relevant experience and also knowing kind of talk the talk. I think of the industry being able to package in a way that、um, that the company can recognize that this as being like the the right experience and right kind of、um, person for them. Um, and then I think that was kind of the reason why I think I kind of managed to to go through these 
go kind of jump through the hoops. I think one of my first positions post um, MBA was working for Nielsen, which is another research agency that's absolutely massive and does a lot of different things, everything from retail to TV to uh, digital. And I work on their digital team and then um, on advertising effectiveness, which kind of fits the theme of my pre-MBA um, experience. But that was perfect because at the time, Twitter was starting to do the same thing. And um, that was kind of like a, a lucky match, I think. They were looking for exactly the same thing I was doing at the time. So it just everything kind of just fell into place. And that's how I think I positioned. But I think it's just the key thing is kind of thinking through what you can bring to the table and looking at how these companies normally talk around those positions and experiences and frame it in a way that speaks to them. I mean, for our listeners who obviously can't see what what, what what the office is like, but here in Facebook, you've got, you know, brightly colored walls. We've got a few people out there playing pool, so, we, so people might be hearing, you know, the balls hitting the, the, the pocket and et cetera. But I think this whole image, you know, of uh, obviously a great, exciting company, uh, but also quite, you know, relaxed about um, what, what we probably think of as quite formal you know, work processes before. Um, many MBAs are very attracted to that kind of mix and they want to work in companies like Facebook or, you know, um, who have that, who offer that kind of uh, work environment. What do you feel are the skills and mindsets that, you know, a company such as Facebook or other tech companies look for in an MBA? And what type of roles do you feel MBAs would go into in these companies? I think um, there's a few things because I think in the last five years since I graduated from Cambridge, I get approached by MBAs a lot, kind of students every year and also not just from Cambridge, but from LBS and sometimes Oxford and also all these schools and also my own undergrad school as well because they somehow found me on the directory. I think there's a few things I think might be quite tough um, for MBAs coming in. And it's kind of a commonality that we seem to all sense when I, even when I was working in different companies with um, other MBAs, because I think MBAs have a very rigid idea of what the post-MBA career should look like. So for example, everyone needs to be in banking or consulting. That's, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, and also that sales is sales and marketing is kind of like non-MBA role. Why would I go into sales? I don't think that's necessarily the right mindset because when you look at it, I think sales is one skill that's applicable to every single industry. You have to have sales skills at some point, and that's very important. Whether it's selling yourself or selling whatever you're doing, you need some of that. And I wouldn't really be against it um, going to sales org. So, for example, I'm a research or marketing science, but we are all under sales because how, how do these tech companies make money? is selling advertising. And you have to understand that advertising and sales is a very, very big part, probably the entire equation of how these companies function and make money. And this is something to keep in mind. And uh, I think I also hear something very generic every single year is they want to go into strategy. Strategy is the most generic term ever. What kind of strategy do you want to go into? Is it sales? Is it advertising? Is it brand? Or is it product? Or is it anything? There are so many ways. And depending on what field, you, you need to have something that's a bit more relevant. And also, I think the third one, I think around kind of MBA mindset, third and fourth, I think would be kind of the, um, the stigma around title and salary. 
this is the biggest. Obviously, we're in the NBA to to kind of further advance our careers. But at the same time, if you are coming from a completely different industry, trying to break into something new, you have to expect you have to accept the fact that you are probably at the same level as a new grad. I've had MBAs who had ten years experience in、um, shipping or other traditional industries. Say,、so, yeah, I really want to go into this thing.、Um, what do you think my title and salary will be like? I was like, well, you know, for me personally, when I was hiring people, when when I look at someone who's twenty three and probably had one year experience in a digital small startup versus someone with ten years, I'm probably going to hire that person who's twenty three just because for that immediate role. This person is way more knowledgeable, most likely way more knowledgeable in this industry, in this field, than this this ten year、um, veteran would be. And the second question is,、um, I often get asked, is the salary and title, right?、It's、title. So if I'm not getting a title, how about the salary? Well, salary kind of coincides with title in most cases, unless you go into a startup. But startup—that's another question. You might have to take a hit somewhere, either a title or a salary, or possibly both if you're starting new. Third one, I think, is kind of general stigma around team size. In most of these tech companies, it's very flat. It's very likely you will be individual,、um, kind of one-man band for a really long time, and you might not have a team, or you might have a team of one that one person reports into you because we're trying to build a flat structure. And that those are kind of three things I think MBAs get very hung up on, and if you keep thinking that kind of thinking coming into a tech company, a lot of times I think you will be disappointed because you might not get all three. Most likely, if you get one, I would think you are very lucky if you have zero experience. So I think that's something that that I think I would really people MBAs really need to think through. And lastly, I think it's just having open mind, obviously. All of the above kind of comes with an open mind about the position that you go into. Most of these companies are really big and kind of fluid. Things change every single day.、Um, it's not really a joke. It's just not the traditional mode of operating anymore. Kind of things we learn in, you know, management classes in MBA. A lot of these don't really apply anymore. And it could be that you know one day you're in team A, and then within three months you might have new reporting structure, and your team is being merged, and there are probably very different assignments to what your job role is going to be. So I wouldn't really be very, I guess, hung up on the first job and going to if the end goal is really going to a tech company. I would say most of these companies are very fast growing, and that's something to keep. In the back of your mind, when you kind of decide on what job and stuff,、um, because I think it's sometimes it's a bit more important to kind of get in than、uh, kind of waiting for the right position. The thing is that you can always move around, and there are so many opportunities. You can experience so many parts of the company. Your first job is not as important as it would be in some of the other places. I would say because the mobility within the companies are really, really big, so I wouldn't really get hung up on you know. Oh my God, I'm gonna go in and there's another fifty people on my team. No one has any reports. Chances are you might not have one for a long time. And the title, everyone seems to have the same title. I mean, it's done in a in a way. It's kind of on purpose because you. It's just isn't really not important. It's more the experience that you get from this whole. Kind of getting into a company experience, all of this is all new. So I would say,、um, kind of in summary, 
not to hung up on a lot of things kind of traditionally MBAs get hung up on, namely, you know, title salaries, team size, and also kind of the, the position, because all of those things can change. And uh, it's just, I think, kind of getting a very clear sense of what you want at the end of the day. Is it going to these companies or do you want a big title? If it's having a big title, then um, perhaps startups, because you will. But note, note that when you do that, you might have a hit on your salary too. Or you don't mind the title, but more on the salary. Or yeah, there has to be a trade-off somewhere. And I think lastly, um, we were I was speaking to some MBAs who came in last week as well about um, another stigma. Actually, there are so many stigmas about MBA. I think just it's interesting. I think it's about doing the same thing that you were doing pre-MBA. So I find it quite, a lot of people really just don't want to, you know, they don't want to stay in the same job that they used to, which I can completely understand. This is why we're in school. But at the same time, if you were in a field that's very fast growing, even post-MBA, why wouldn't you want to leverage that and do that? Because don't change this for the sake of changing. Um, I know so many people from my own classmates who kind of did that you know everyone went into consulting because that's kind of what people do and in within two, two years it's not really what they are passionate about and they left and they went back to whatever they were doing before it was the same industry possibly very similar roles as well but just kind of higher level so that's something I would not I would not rule out which is um, considering a very similar function that you were doing pre-MBA because now with kind of added level of knowledge around management and also kind of experience with MBA, you will likely advance quicker in your old industry and possibly very similar functions than you probably would in the alternate um, function because you probably have to start from zero. Yeah, Louise, that, that's great advice. Um, and this is something that we, we on the careers side see quite a lot with, with our MBAs. Um, you also talked about quite a, you know, the fast pace of change. Yeah. And... Um, uh, for MBAs, they also need to get uh, comfortable with that. Um, what we try to do on the business school is try to keep the curriculum relevant. So this year we added digital business as a core class. Um, I was interested to hear your views in terms of what an MBA, what kind of knowledge an MBA might need if they were going into sales and marketing now compared to when you started. You know, mm. Is things like data analytics something really important that they need to know about? Definitely. Um, I think marketing and digital, marketing and advertising have changed massively, I think probably in the last 10, 15 years, basically since the internet started like 20 years ago. Um, especially now, I think when you think about online before it was mostly just display and you have all these formats which are like boxes and like interstitials and things like that. Things are so complicated now. You have so many platforms. Everyone's on mobile phones 24-7 you have all these apps, a lot of different formats possible. You can probably, you can do videos. Now you can do static ones. You can probably have games. I think MBAs, I think one thing I think is kind of staying on top of, you know, what's happening if marketing and sales is something you're interested in. And also, I think just in management in general, you have to kind of pay attention. And one of the best ways is probably to be on these platforms um, try everything out once. I'm not saying you need to be expert at using whatever a tool or apps, but I think just kind of paying attention to, you know, where things are moving in general. So for a while we were, um, there was something like social ads, you know, you kind of see what your friends liked. 
now it's a lot more sophisticated. You're probably you probably see this a lot. Um, you you went on a website, you went on Facebook or Twitter, and then you see kind of the same ads again on these places, and you wonder what happened there. It's kind of creepy. I completely agree, but uh, this is where the world is going. Everything is kind of integrated into one. And I think that's something that I think even some of the advertisers or brands are struggling to to keep up with a lot, especially ones that are looking in transition. And um, yeah, it's something that a lot of them are experimenting with, which is a cool thing for them to do. I think some people are still very, uh, some brands or companies are just very um, skeptical, but there are also ones that are, are doing really well. And when it comes to data analytics, same thing. I think a lot of times we forget how much information we have and there's a lot and it really depends on how you use it. I think from my role and my function specifically, we, a lot of my former coworkers and current coworkers, we came from a more traditional research background, which is kind of brand. We did a lot of surveys. A lot of us were probably stats um, majors in uni. These are fine, but I think now I think it's moving things are changing a little bit and you, there are certain skills that you probably need um, to be very effective. So things like SQL or kind of more technical skills. So I think these are kind of things to kind of keep in mind as well because I think the current generation, kind of younger generation, they when they graduate uni, the people that are like 20 or 19, 20 now, these are things that they grew up with. When they were five, they were probably on the phone. We were probably, I don't know, 15. That probably dates us quite a bit. But they grew up with this kind of stuff. TV was kind of like a second channel. First channel for them is probably a small screen. So for them, this is so easy to understand. But for kind of um, people who are kind of millennials, like older end of the millennials, it's not really something we grew up with. We did, but we didn't grow up in, in a place where things were quite as sophisticated. So I think that's something I think constantly keeping on top of, you know, what's happening. It could be done just observing what's happening around you when you are online on platforms or you looking at people around you. A lot of times I think you can tell a lot from what people do. The fast paced changes, I don't think it's always for everyone because I've interviewed a lot of people in the past and then they probably come from a more traditional background. This is not something they want. They want something that's very well defined. So this is my role. This is my function. These are my the things that I need to do within this function. And then that's it. That kind of doesn't work in a tech company. You obviously have your role, but at the same time, it's quite fluid. Things are probably going to change. You will work with a lot of people across different functions. And 80% of the time, I feel like it's really the relationships you have with people because a lot of times you are not working in a silo you need other people's help and also other people's input and normally decision making is not one person I think before it was great kind of in the 50s when you think about all those traditional companies you have a CEO who decides on 90% of things that almost never happens anymore um, everyday little decisions even really tiny ones probably involves a number of people and that's when you know you the interpersonal skills from MBA really comes in because all these people are going to be very diverse. Everyone has a very strong opinion, which is why we're here. But at the same time, it's just how to manage expectations and also solicit the kind of feedback and the kind of support that you need across the organization is very important. 
again, it's not for everyone. We've hired, I've hired MBAs before that didn't quite like that culture because you want to be in charge and also you want to, you want to know exactly what happens every day. Uh, that's again probably not the case because things change on a daily basis, and you have to be very comfortable with that. That's that's great stuff, uh, Louise. Because um, I also see that in many MBAs who seem to just jump on the bandwagon and not think about well, is uh, after you know ten, fifteen years in quite a structured environment, maybe they and that they do really well. That you know maybe going into a company where. Uh, You've got a pool table, like like what you have right behind you, <laughs> you know, uh, people playing pool at, at lunch hour um, in hoodies and stuff. Maybe that's not right. That's a not not the right sort of environment um, because obviously um, it also means that it's very flat and kind of decision making is much more decentralized and not so clear cut. I guess is what yeah, what you're saying. Exactly. So so that that that's really great, and I think um, listeners should really think about you know what you said about um, working in say tech companies where there is this flatter structure the pace of change is much faster and the kind of uh, sacrifices or trade-offs that people have to make when they're making a big career transition so thank you very much Louise for thanks that thanks a lot yeah thanks right. for having me thank you thank you